Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. Hey, good morning. We're excited you're here. And uh, today's kind of a, a big day, life change. We've got a lot of things going on. So again, as you saw, Kayla announced right after this service at 1145, we have what we call Discover. So it's just an opportunity to get to know a little bit more about the church, uh, a little bit about the history of the church, what we believe and how uh, we want to get to know you and how you can partner in and jump in with us as well. So if you haven't gone through that, I want to encourage you to stay Right after this service, again, about 11.45 is when now they'll start, and we'll start right in here. And then tonight, we have our annual partnership meeting. So this is for really open to everybody, but there is one order of business. We are actually ratifying our executive lead team, um, which is our board, if you will. Uh, So the partners, if you are a partner, we will be a a part of that where you get to ratify those people that are coming in there. But what we're really going to do tonight is we're going to spend some time celebrating and talking about all that God's done in 2019 and then uh, looking forward a little bit about the vision of what's coming in 2020. And then we're going to spend some time praying together as well. So I want to challenge you and encourage you to come back tonight at 6 p.m. for that. But right now we are, we're in a series entitled Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I've really been enjoying just prepping for this and jumping in. There's something about really starting the year off, getting to the root of, of our faith, getting to the root of why we even come to church on a Sunday morning. And it's the fact that it's all about Jesus. Right? If you think about our relationship with God, it starts with Jesus. Right? Christianity starts with Jesus. It starts with what he did. It starts with the fact that he said he was going to come, live a perfect life, die on a cross, and then be risen again, and he lived up to that. He did exactly those things. And he had some incredible teachings as well that we can apply, that can change who we are, that can change our outcome to where we're going as well. So that we're jumping in. This is really what this series is all about. And really what it is, it's taking us closer to God. If you remember, we learned the first week that the more you get to know Jesus, the more you get to know God, which again is the reason for the series, so that we can connect with our Heavenly Father, so that we can connect with our Creator. In the last few weeks, we jumped in and we talked a little bit about Jesus's life, and we, we jumped in, we talked about Jesus as a child, then we jumped in and we talked about how Jesus was baptized, and then last week, if you were here, we, we jumped in and we talked about how Jesus was led to the desert and how he was tested and then tempted as well. But today what I want to do is I want us to kind of to shift a little bit and then go from his life and then jump into some of his teachings, right? to jump into to some of his lessons that he's given us. Because his lessons and his teachings are so important. Right? The principles he gives us are so important for how we live. In fact, it's the foundation to how we should live because it sets us free. So today we have actually a new Bible verse that's We'll call it our highlightable Bible verse, right? So maybe a a new Bible verse to memorize over the next few weeks. But it's John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. So if you have your Bibles, go there with me. If you don't have a Bible, I always challenge you to download the YouVersion Bible app. Just an incredible resource to take with you wherever you go. And again, there's reading plans on that. But John chapter 8, verses 31 through 32 says this. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. 
Listen, if we as followers of Christ, if we hold his teaching, then we are true followers. That's what makes us true followers. If we're holding on to his teachings. And then when we do hold on to his teachings, that's the truth and it'll allow us to know the truth and then that will set us free. That will allow us to live the life that God's planned for us. A life of freedom in Christ. So today, as we jump in, I want us to jump into some of the teachings of Jesus. And I want to start where Jesus talks about our identity. I want to start with some teachings where, where Jesus identifies who we are. Because if you think about it, identity, identity is really, again, that's the foundation to everything else. And for many of us, we spend a lot of time searching for identity. That's one of those things that we all do. I mean, think about it. How many of us have we've ever been at a point in our life where we just had to ask the question, who am I? Right? We may know our name. We may know our last name. But sometimes we get to that point where we're thinking like, man, who am I? Right? What's this all about? What am I all about? And I think it's a question that we all have to answer at some point in our life. And sometimes we look different places to find the answer. Sometimes we, we look to our family to find the answer. So we can get obsessed with, with our family heritage. We can jump on there to, to Ancestry.com looking at because we are looking for some type of identification. We're looking for something to identify who we are. We're looking for identity. And for some of us, we look to our, our friends. Right? We look to our social circles. We think that's really what defines our identity. For others, maybe it's our, our economic status, like how much we have in our bank account or how much we have in our 401k. We think that's the definition and that's who we are. For others, for others maybe it's our, our jobs, right? It's, it's our paychecks. It's what we do. I mean, think about it. I think a lot of times we do this. Men, we're probably guilty of this. When we meet somebody for the first time, what's one of the first questions we ask? What do you do? Because we're, we're, asking, something, we're asking something about their identity. But I think many times we've messed this up. Many times I think we've get got confused that what we do is who we are. Whereas that's actually flipped the other way around. Who we are is what we do. And that's what I want us to learn today. And we see this in one of Jesus' teachings. In fact, here's what I really want us to, to walk away with today. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. And Jesus tells us who we are. In fact, in one of his most famous sermons, the Sermon on the Mount, he tells us exactly who we are. And we see this in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. So if you have your Bibles again, you can flip with me to Matthew chapter 5. This is where we'll spend most of the time today. But again, in this passage of Scripture, Jesus is preaching. He's teaching, and he's teaching along the mountainside to a large crowd. So in this crowd, there's, there's all sorts of people. There's his disciples, right? There's his followers. Then there's uh, just random crowds that are walking by from all different social statuses. And then there's uh, the religious leaders. So Jesus has all this group here. And what he's doing, he's starting this teaching off and he's telling people their identity in him. And this is what he says here in verse 13. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. And then in verse 14, says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your, your Father in heaven. Here's Jesus, and he's telling this crowd of people who they are in him. And he starts off with this. He says, you are the salt of the earth. Now, let's just look at this statement. This is an interesting statement because what it is, it's a statement of fact. He says, you are the salt of the earth. He doesn't say, hey, you could become the salt of the earth. He doesn't say you have the potential to be the salt of the earth. He says it's who you are, right? This is who you already are. You are the salt of the earth. 
right? And it's who we are. And then he does the exact same thing with the other statement. He says, you are the light of the world. And he doesn't give like a four-step process. Say, here, do step A, B, C, and D, and then guess what? This is who you become, right? Check this list. Get all these things on this checklist down, and then you'll become the salt, or you'll become the light of the world. No, he says this is who you are already. It's a statement of fact. It's saying, he's saying this is who you are. This is your identity. You're the light of the world. This is so interesting. It's so interesting because it's the foundation to everything else that comes and everything else that falls. It's our identity. It's who we are. And as Jesus says this, he says, you're the light of the world. The word world itself is pretty significant in this. When he says the word world, it means literally the world, like to all the ends of the world, but specifically it means to those that are even opposed to God. Meaning this, we are God's plan to reach the world. God uses us to reach the world. God uses us and he created us and he designed us to be who we are by saying that you are the light of the world, even to reach those opposed to God because it's who we are, right? It's a part of our identity, right? We are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. But the problem is, I think many times, many times what happens is we doubt these things. We doubt the truth of who we are. Sometimes we even question who we are. And sometimes we don't necessarily feel like the salt of the earth. We don't feel like the light of the world, so we don't act upon that as well, right? I think, let's just be honest, we probably all come to that point before where we didn't really look like the salt of the earth or or look like the light of the world. Listen, I'll just be honest, every time I drive, it's a whole other world, right? Uh, Sometimes my identity just goes out the door, like throw it out the window. There's a reason why we don't have life change bumper stickers and give them out, because then uh, you would probably expect me to put one on there. And then I, I mean, there's times where I, I drive like an idiot sometimes, and there's people that drive like idiots around me, and I get mad at them, so I give them the feather because they're not worth the bird, or maybe that's too far, I give them the fish, whatever, right? Sometimes you yell, and sometimes it just doesn't look like the salt of the earth. And sometimes we just don't look like the light of the world because we don't feel like that. And there's truth, there's truth to the fact that there's seasons and there are times where if we're not careful, we lose our saltiness, right? There's times where, where maybe we become salty in a different way, Right? There's times where, where we're hiding our light and we actually bring more darkness than light. And we, we become so negative in our thoughts. We become so negative with our comments around us. We're pessimistic towards everything around us where we're not the light of the world. There's seasons where we go through this and it's a dangerous season. And again, it says this in verse 13. It says, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Listen, those are some strong words, right? That's a, that's a huge warning to us, right? That's the danger of what it looks like if we lose our saltiness. And it's what's interesting about this phrase, this phrase of losing its saltiness, it really has a double meaning going back to the original Greek. One, obviously, it means losing its flavor, losing its taste. But two, the second meaning of this, it means becoming foolish, And listen, when we forget our identity, when we forget who Christ called us to be, who Christ told us who we are, how God designed us, what it is, it's becoming foolish. And if you look at the Bible, if you look at the the, specifically this book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, all throughout Matthew, you see that those that fail to heed Scripture, those that fail to heed the lessons of Jesus, they suffer the consequences of foolishness, right? And Matthew is here saying that it's foolish to lose your identity. It's foolish to forget who you are in Jesus. It's foolish to lose your zeal and passion for him, right? 
Jesus is here and he's warning us against becoming complacent. He's warning us against forgetting who we are because the consequences aren't good. Right? We become, in a sense, meaningless. Again, it says if, a salt, if salt loses its taste, it becomes worthless. It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Listen, that's a scary place to find ourselves. And the truth is, as Christians, I think sometimes we get there. And this is what happens. As Christians, if we lose our saltiness, it's really like a Christian without grace. It's really like a, a Christian without mercy. A Christian without love. A Christian without truth. And listen, a Christian without grace, love, mercy, and truth. If we're that way, if we find ourselves there, guess what? We look nothing like Jesus. In fact, we don't, we're not set apart in any way. We look more like the world than anything else. Our light is hidden. In fact, we become more like the world and there's darkness around us. And then it's not very appealing. It's not very inviting to others. And for some of us, this is where we find ourselves. We've lost our identity. Therefore, we've lost our purpose. And we're filled with bitterness. We're filled with judgment. And it's a dark place to be. I think too many times we become judgmental and bitter. And we've hidden our light. So we look no different to anyone else. So we don't stand out. And because we don't stand out, we miss out. We miss out on our identity and we miss out on our purpose to make a difference in the world. To be the salt and the light of the world. To make an impact for Jesus. I think, I think many of us have lost this. In fact, if you look at it, there's a stat that's happening in churches right around, right across the United States today. It says less than 5% of people have invited somebody to experience Jesus. Less than 5% of people have invited somebody to have an experience with Jesus. Listen, that's because we've lost our saltiness. That's because some of us, we've hidden the light because we forgot who we are. But listen, here's the good news. As God created us to be the salt and to be the light, it's who we are. And think about what could happen if we lived it out. Right? That 5% stat would be laughable. In fact, if, if we lived out, if we truly knew our identity, the church, Big C, if we grasped that, man, we would be leading a movement, right? We wouldn't be worried about everything around us. We wouldn't be worried about the culture around us. We wouldn't be worried about the things going on in the news. In fact, we wouldn't even let the news lead us, whether liberal, whether conservative, whatever, because we would be leading the way. If we knew our identity, we would be leading the way in this world today, leading people to Jesus, leading people to hope, leading people to freedom. That's the power of Jesus. That's the power Jesus gave us in our identity. That's the power of the Holy Spirit working through us. If you look at it, it happened in the book of Acts and it can happen again. But we have to know who we are. We have to know who we are. People around us, if we do this, if we know who we are, we will grow. People around us will grow. And instead of oozing bitterness and judgment, what will actually happen is we'll bear the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22 is the fruit of the Spirit. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Imagine if you knew who you are. If you knew who you are, guess what? You would produce the flavor of love. You would produce the flavor of joy. Think about this. You've, you've probably been around a person that's been joyful before. Right? There's something about it. You just want to stay around them, right? That's who we are. Guess that? That's who you are. I don't care how bitter you are right now. I don't care how pessimistic. That's not your true identity. You can live in joy, right? You can live in patience. 
Some of you are like, dude, you don't even know my week. I cannot live in patience, right? No, you can because that's how God created you. That's who God created you to be. He created you to be patient, right? He created you to have self-control, right? He created you to have gentleness, right? He created you to, to be kind in every situation, even when people aren't kind to you. And what it is, it's being the salt of the earth. It's being the light of the world. And when we do that, as people want to be around us, when we do that, it's contagious and it catches on and it can cause a movement. And what happens is, is we'll glorify our Father in heaven when we live it out, when we live out who we are. Listen, it is who you are and it's what you can do. It's within reach because it's how God created you. It's how God created me. It's how God created us. So when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. So today, this is what I want us to understand. This is what I want us to walk away with. I want you to know who you are. Know who you are. Know your identity. Know your identity in Christ. And understand this. You're the salt of the earth. Some of you are thinking, like, what's that mean? That's a cool phrase, right? Understand this. This means that you have incredible value. Salt actually has incredible value, especially when Jesus was talking about this, when Jesus was teaching this lesson. Salt was a very valued commodity at this time. It was considered something very precious. In fact, they use it to trade with others. They were often paid in salt. In fact, if you've ever heard the phrase, hey, that person's worth their salt or that person isn't worth their salt, it goes back all the way to this Roman time period where Roman soldiers were paid with salt because it's a valued commodity. So when Jesus says you're the salt of the earth, he's saying that you are valued. You are incredibly, incredibly worth me. Like you have so much meaning. You have value in everything you do. So I want you to understand that. Know that you have value. Okay? Maybe you walked in here today and maybe you were like, yeah, this was a week where I was tested in patience. But this was a week where somebody said something to me, right? Maybe you, he came in here and somebody said something over you. Maybe somebody said something to you. Maybe they tore you down in a way where you feel like you have no value and you walked in here feeling worthless. Let me, under, let me, let me just make this clear. That's a lie. It's a lie. Because you have incredible value. You're worth more than you can even imagine. You're the salt of the earth. Listen, Jesus, Jesus came, lived a perfect life, died on a cross for you because that was the price that God paid for you. A price that goes beyond anything we can imagine. The highest price that anybody has ever paid for anybody else. That anybody's ever paid for anything else. And it was all for you because you have incredible value. You're the salt of the earth. Know your value. I want you to know your value. Maybe this week that means you just need to start off your day saying, I'm the salt of the earth. Speak some words of life into yourself. Speak some truth. You're like, speak the Bible over you. Maybe for you, that's what you need to do. Maybe for you, it's just a, this is a routine that when you wake up, do your thing while you're shaving your face, while you're brushing your teeth, you can say, I'm the salt of the earth because I have value. And I'm going to walk in it and then walk in that truth. Know who you are. Know that you are the salt of the earth and that you're valued. And then know that you're also the light of the world. If you look at it, light illuminates and directs. Light destroys darkness and it's a part of who you are. If you're living in darkness right now, if you feel like the walls are closing in, if you feel like there's nothing good on the other side and you're just seeing like there's nothing good and you're so pessimistic right now, understand that's not who you are. You are the light of the world. God created you as the light of the world. And really what this is, this is the ultimate compliment because this is Jesus saying that we can be like him, but not only can we be like him, but we are like him. In fact, if you look at it, Jesus referred to himself as the light in John 8, 12. He says, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So he's telling us that we look like him. 
Listen, this is something we've got to take serious because it's a part of our identity. Right? It's who we are. It's something we need to take to heart. Know you're the light of the world. Know who you are and then be who you are. Know what to do. Become who you are. Walk in the truth of your identity. Be in the truth and become the truth of your identity. Listen, be the salt and be the light. You were created to make a difference, but you have to know who you are. And then you have to be who you are. Think about it right now. If people look at you, do they see it? Do they see you as the salt of the earth? If you ask your friends around you, would they, ask, would, they, would they say that you're the light of the world? Would they say that you give hope to others? Do they witness goodness in you? Do they witness patience in you? Do they witness kindness in you? Do they see these things? Here's what's crazy about our lives is that they're always on display. People are always watching. People are always looking and and trying to evaluate things that you're doing. I don't care who you are. People are watching. So be who you are. Be the true person of who God created you to be. Live out your identity. Listen, your, your kids are watching you. Your siblings are watching you. Your family's watching you. Your coworkers, your friends, your neighbors, they're all watching you. So be who you are. Be who God created you to be. Listen, and I think God put us around people for, for a special reason. Those people in your lives, that, that people, those people are you watching you, they were placed there for a reason so that you can be the salt of the earth, so that you can be the light of the world, so that you can be the example of Christ to them and lead them to the power and the freedom that only comes through him. So be who you are. Be the salt. Here's what's interesting about salt. If you think about it, salt has very little influence in the salt shaker itself. Salt in the salt shaker, basically what it is, it just sits in the cabinet. It sits in the cupboard. All it is is a spice that maybe you could use. But when you start to shake the salt, put it on food, it can change food. It can enhance food. It can do some incredible things, especially when using it with cooking, right? And the same is true for us. If we just sit in the comfort of our homes, right, we're unlikely to make that much of a difference. And we have little impact on those that for Christ if we just sit by ourselves without sharing it. But if we get out of our salt shaker, and if we get out of that, if we rub elbows with others, if we rub elbows with other Christians, other non-Christians, we have the opportunity to bring Christ-like flavor to those in their lives. And that's what being the salt looks like. Right? It's becoming the salt. And here's what salt does. Salt preserves purifies, creates thirst, melts, and heals. And if you look at it, those are the things we're called to do as well. So I want to challenge you. Be the salt by being a person that points to preservation. And listen, the greatest preservation is the fact that we have eternal life through Jesus Christ. Jesus died, lived a perfect life, died on a cross, to be risen again so that we could have eternal life and a relationship with our Heavenly Father forever. And we need to live a life that points others to that. We need to live a life that encourages others and leads them to that preservation, to that eternal life through Jesus and through Jesus only. Right? We need to live a life that points others to that. We need to be the salt in that manner. Another way to be the salt is to be a person that, that purifies. Right? Again, again, salt purifies, and we need to do the same thing, which means this. We need to live a life of purity. We need to live a life of morality. And not because... We want to do it to make ourselves feel better. I don't live a life of purity. Don't live a life of morality so that we can get up on our box or a high horse and say, man, look at all those people down there. and They're not near as good as me. I got all this together. No, but we need to live a life of purity so that we give hope to others. So that we can give hope to those that are struggling and making decisions that are leading to consequences that they never intended for. But they can see us and say, you know what? It's hopeful. 
They can do it. I can do it with the power of Jesus. We need to live a life of purity, not because God's, because it's just a list of rules and regulations, but it's because God gave his son for us and it's the least we can do to live a life according to his standards, to live a life that gives hope to others. Be the salt by living a life of purity. Be the salt by purifying others in your example and how you do and how you interact with others. Be the salt by being a person that creates thirst as well. Live in a way that, that people, live in a way that people want what you have. Live in a way that people want to be like you. And understand this, not out of jealousy though, but out of respect. Listen, we've all seen people who are like, man, that, that, that person's pretty cool. And we've all seen people who are like, man, you know what, they, they've, they've got it going. We're not jealous of them, but we just, we just aspire to be like that. Listen, live your life that way. Live your life in a way that earns and gains respect from others. And live your life with honor. Live your life with integrity. Listen, for some of us, this means that we just keep our word and we keep it over and over and over again, right? Listen, there's something about people that, that do what they, that say what they're going to do and then actually follow up and do it. We want to be like them. Become that person. Create thirst in others, right? Be the salt of the earth by creating thirst in others. Be the salt of the earth by being a person that melts others with love as well. You look at it, salt has the characteristic and really has the ability to melt certain things. And we have the same characteristics, right? We have the same attributes and it comes from love. So I want to challenge you to give love and give love generously, right? Give love so much so that, that it, it's so generous that it just softens people's heart around you. Hey, don't let others, people, other hearts become hard because of, of how you judge or how that, no, give love, right? Be a, be a, peace, be a peacemaker in your life. Instead of stirring the pot, instead of trying to rise up trouble, instead of causing things and poking things, instead of that, just become a peacemaker and give love instead, right? So that you can melt others with love, so that you can soften hearts. Right? Be the salt. And then be the salt by being a person who helps others heal. Listen, healing comes from the power of Christ. Healing comes from the power of Christ, and we have that power, so we need to use it. Sometimes I think we can get a little bit like overwhelmed by healing and think it's all real mystical and crazy, right? But here's the truth. Jesus heals and he still does today and he still will tomorrow, right? Here's what's amazing. We pray for prayer requests every single week on that cross. Today, there were some pretty heavy prayer requests. There were some big asks for some healings, for physical healings, for emotional healings. What's amazing, if you pay attention during prayer time, what you'll see is you'll hear some needs once in a while, but every once in a while, three, four weeks, three, four months later, you'll hear a praise. And it'll be the same thing that we prayed for three or four months because it's the power of Jesus. And it happens through prayer. It happens when we lift those prayer requests up and we give them to the only one that can handle them, the only one that can heal, the only one that has the power to do it, and we need to do it. We need to be a person that leads others, that lifts up, up, lifts up others in prayer so that they can experience a healing. So I want to challenge you. Be the salt by being a person that shows that Christ is a healer. For some of us, that means we just need to pray for people more. Right, for some of us, maybe that's, a, that's a praying for a physical healing. For some of us, maybe it's, maybe it's leading others to an emotional healing or a spiritual healing. And listen, that can happen through forgiveness. And we need to be examples. And we need to be the leaders in forgiving others. Listen, forgiveness is a pathway to emotional healing. It's a pathway to spiritual healing. And I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. Be a person that forgives over and over again. Be a leader in that. Be the salt of the earth by being an example in that. Also this. Be a person that apologizes. Don't be so stubborn that you have to be right all the time. Your stubbornness might be causing somebody else pain. 
Guess what? It's time to apologize. Be a person that says sorry and says sorry fast and mean it. I want to challenge you. Be the salt by leading others to healing. Think about it. Who could you pray for this week? Who could you forgive this week? Who could you apologize for this week? Be who you are. Be the salt of the earth. And then be the light. Be the light of the world. Be the light of the world. And to be the light of the world, this, this is what it means. It means you actually have to go public. You have to share Jesus and who Jesus is to you. You have to share what God's love means to you. You have to share your experience with Him. So I've said this before, but a lot of times you can, you can get in arguments with people about Scripture. You can get in arguments with people about theology, what you're going to believe, doctrine, certain things, and, and, how you can, and what you believe in doctrine. You can, you can get in arguments about philosophy, all these certain things, right? But nobody can argue your experience with Jesus. So I want to challenge you, share that. Share your experience with Jesus. Go public to be the light of the world. And one of the best ways to go public is through baptism. In the last two weeks, we had amazing services of baptism, right? They're incredible services. And what it is, it's going public for Jesus. We saw people getting baptized here, and what they look like? They looked like the light of the world. They were living out their identity in ways that only can happen when we actually go public with our faith. And listen, if you haven't been baptized before, I want to challenge you. Take that step of obedience, right? Become the light of the world. Right? Live out and walk in your identity and become your identity. So if you haven't been baptized, I want to challenge you. I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of the service. But you can check mark that box and make it happen. Right? I want to challenge you to do that. Another great way to go public is by inviting others. Listen, invite people to church with you. Every week, invite somebody to church with you. Here's what's interesting. Again, I said that word world means those that are opposed to God. There's a chance that you probably know somebody in your life that's opposed to God. There's a chance that that person might have even rubbed you the wrong way and you might even be mad at them at some point. But guess what? You're the light of the world. You're the light for them. So I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you start praying for them. Start inviting them. What will happen is you'll see God move. You'll see God work. Right? Be the light of the world. Start inviting others. Invite others to church. Invite others to life groups. What, you're not in a life group? Come to life group, right? <laughs> Jump in a life group. Invite somebody with you. Bring a friend. That way you have somebody with you. But invite people. Invite people along the path and the journey that you're taking with God, right? Go public. Go public with your faith. Listen, faith is personal, but it was never meant to be private. Be the light of the world, which means this. We also need to be the light in our home as well. In fact, it starts in our home. We need to be the best example as a follower of Jesus in our home. We need to live our faith in our home. In verse 15, it says this. It says, it gives light to everyone in the house. It starts in our home. Listen, for me, my first line of ministry of Life Change Church is my family. It's, it's my wife, Sarah. It's my kids, Berkeley and Griffin. Listen, I calendar time with them. I calendar time with Sarah to go on dates. I calendar time with Berkeley and Griffin because they're a part of my ministry. In fact, they're the first line of my ministry. They're what helps me become the light of the world. So I want to challenge you to do the same thing. Be the light in your house. Listen, for you, maybe that means your witness needs to prove in your house. Maybe that means you need to treat your husband better. Maybe it needs you to treat your wife better. Maybe it needs to, you need to filter your mouth a little more in your house, right? Maybe it needs you need to do something a little bit different, right? React better. Watch how you act. Watch how you respond. Listen, I want to challenge you. Be to the light of the world and be the light of your house. Right? Live out the kid's song which says, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out. No, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. I want to challenge you. 
I want to challenge you to let it shine because it's who you are, right? And it's what you do. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. And you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. So go and do those things. Be the salt and be the light. If you would, pull out your connection card in the seat back in front of you. Maybe you're here today, and maybe for you, maybe you've been struggling with identity. Maybe for you, you just, you've been wrestling. Maybe you let other things define who you are, whether it's your, your work, whether it's your family, whether it's your paycheck, whether it's how much your, your, your finances, whatever it is. And you've been struggling, you feel empty this whole time. That's what I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to let your creator define who you are. And how you do that is through Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you've never made a commitment to follow Jesus, listen, I want to give you that opportunity. What you could do is you could checkmark that box that says, I want to make a commitment to follow Jesus. Checkmark that box and then believe that he died on a cross for you and accept him as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're here today, maybe God's asking you some, to do some things. Maybe for you, maybe you forgot who you were. Maybe for you, you've questioned your identity. Maybe for you, you just, need to, you just need to know who you are. Maybe you need to wake up every morning and say, you know what, I have value, I have worth, I'm the salt of the earth. And so that's you start right now by making a comment and making a statement on that piece of paper and then begin to live it out. Maybe for you, maybe you need to become who you are. Maybe you know it, but you've just kind of been sitting on the sideline. Maybe it's time to become the salt. Maybe it's time to become the light. So I challenge you, whatever God's asking you to do, write it down. There's also a place for prayer request, again, where we would love to partner with you in prayer. If you would, take this moment to fill that connection card out and then also get any ties or offerings ready. And in just a moment, Daryl will be up with the next step. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church Podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you, to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www.mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section, please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know what God is asking of you. And if you need prayer, we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you. Have a great week. Thank you.